Welcome to Formula Bones 2022 Sao Paulo Grand Prix Preview. I'm Jared Borislow, but you can call me J-Bone. Let's get into it, folks. J-Bone! Our first order of business today is getting to know the Sao Paulo Grand Prix and its circuit, Interlagos. The Sao Paulo Grand Prix, known as the Brazilian Grand Prix from its inception up until last year and still commonly referred to as such, was first run as a Formula One World Championship event all the way back in 1973. The 1973 Brazilian Grand Prix was held at a much different looking and much bumpier Interlagos circuit and was won by Brazilian Emerson Fittipaldi, who would go back to back with this P1 success at the 1974 Brazilian Grand Prix. The 1975 Brazilian Grand Prix was then won by a different Brazilian, José Carlos Pache, who tragically passed away in a plane crash two years later at the age of 32. Interlagos was officially renamed Autódromo José Carlos Pache in 1985 in honor of Pache, whose 1975 Brazilian Grand Prix victory was the only P1 of his F1 career. Here are three Brazilian Grand Prix fun facts. Fact one, the original Interlagos layout used for seven Formula One Brazilian Grand Prix between 1973 and 1980 looked very different from the Interlagos of today because it was almost twice as long. Interlagos's current layout is around 4.3 kilometers in length and the original layout was right around eight kilometers in length. While the current Interlagos layout is pretty much tied with Mexico's Autódromo Hermanos Rodríguez for the shortest permanent circuit on the F1 calendar, the original Interlagos layout ranks as the fourth longest permanent F1 circuit of all time, behind just the Nürburgring Nordschleife, Monza's combined oval layout, and the Sebring International Raceway. Fact two, the 1982 Brazilian Grand Prix was highly dramatic and highly controversial. Multiple drivers had to seek medical treatment during and after the race due to heat exhaustion, including the driver initially declared the winner of the race, Nelson Piquet, who actually fainted after the podium ceremony from exhaustion, before being eventually disqualified from the race along with P2 finisher Keke Rosberg after post-race scrutineers determined that their cars were underweight. In fact, three, the only circuit other than Interlagos to ever host a Brazilian Grand Prix, Jacarepaguá in Rio de Janeiro, which hosted 10 Brazilian Grand Prix from 1978 to 1989, was completely demolished in 2012 so that the site of the former F1 circuit could be used to house part of the Olympic Park for the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Summer Olympics. Let's move on to discussing the circuit itself. Autódromo José Carlos Pache, commonly referred to as Interlagos, is 4.309 kilometers or 2.677 miles in length, and the Sao Paulo Grand Prix will be contested over the course of 71 laps around its 15 turns. Its official name, is in honor of 1975 Brazilian Grand Prix winner Jose Carlos Pache, as I noted earlier, and its nickname, Interlagos, is the name of the Sao Paulo neighborhood in which the circuit resides. One of Interlagos's most unique features is actually its pit lane. Interlagos has the longest pit lane on the entire F1 calendar by a pretty decent margin, with its pit lane being around 1,140 meters or 0.7 miles in length and spanning from just before turn 15 all the way until about halfway down the DRS rate between turns three and four. That is a freaking long pit lane, folks. Pair this with the fact that Interlagos is pretty much tied for being F1's shortest permanent circuit 
And it means that during a lap in which you pit at Interlagos, around a quarter of your lap's total distance is spent in the pit lane. Aside from its unique pit lane, Interlagos is famous for its topography. Interlagos takes place a half mile above sea level, making it the second highest F1 Grand Prix behind Mexico's, and it also features the third most elevation change of any circuit on the F1 calendar, with 43 meters or 141 feet separating its highest and lowest points. All 43 of these meters take place in a straight downhill line from just before turn one to just before turn five, which is part of the reason that that part of the racetrack has played host to many, many memorable moments over the years. Interlagos is also famous for its moisture with wet weather racing of varying degrees and the drama that that brings having become a staple of this particular circuit. To really drive this point home, you need look no further than one of Sao Paulo's most famous nicknames, Terra de Garoa, which translates to Land of Drizzle. For tire compounds at the 2022 Sao Paulo Grand Prix, Pirelli have opted again for the neutral compound range, the C2 hards, C3 mediums, and C4 softs. Pirelli Motorsport Director Mario Isola had this to say about their choice, quote, Formula One heads to Interlagos next weekend, the shortest lap of the year after Monaco and Mexico. It's a historic track run anti-clockwise, which alternates some quick sections as well as medium speed sequences of corners, such as the famous Senna S's. There aren't any big demands on the tires in terms of traction and braking because it's a very flowing layout and the lack of slow corners means that the teams are able to control the degradation on the rear tires. Brazil will host the sprint also this year, the last of the season, and it will be particularly interesting with this car package to see what will happen on the track and, once again, the key role of the different strategies that can be used. In 2021, the grid on Saturday was equally split between drivers starting on the medium and the soft tires. Despite the short length of the track, there's normally plenty of overtaking. Just think of Lewis Hamilton, who was the protagonist of a comeback that brought him to victory from 10th place using a two-stop strategy. So the new generation of cars and tires seems set to provide us with another thrilling race this year, end quote. Real quick, I wanted to take a second to let you know that this episode has no sponsor because it's brought to you by me, J-Bone. And if you wanna support me, J-Bone, and the Formula Bone brand, there are five quick ways you can do that right now. First, you can directly impact the future of Formula Bone content right now by filling out the brief content survey that I have linked in the description of this episode and letting me know what content you want me to make this offseason and for the 2023 F1 season. Second, you can toss the YouTube video of this episode a like. I'm trying to get 1,500 likes on this video episode if you're able to help me out with that. Third, you can subscribe to the Formula Bone YouTube channel. I just hit 75,000 subscribers, which is incredible. Thank you all so much. We are inching ever closer to 100,000 subscribers and folks, I really want that silver play button. Fourth, you can join over 900 members of the Bone Brigade in the Formula Bone Discord server via the invite link that I've placed in the description of this episode. There's always conversation flowing in there, folks. And also, we might break the 1,000 member mark this week, and you can help me do that. And finally, if you're able to, hit up the Formula Bone shop at bolinmedia.com shop and get yourself some Formula Bone 
merch. J-Bone! Next up, here are some reasons why you should still care about and watch the 2022 Sao Paulo Grand Prix, even though it kind of feels like the Formula One season's already over. First, it's the third and final sprint weekend of the season. Unless you're a diehard, normal FP2 stan for some reason, you have to agree that the sprint format is a massive plus for us all right now with the World Drivers and Constructors Championships both already decided. We get two races this weekend in which something exciting could happen, which is a lot better than two weekends ago where we got one race where nothing exciting did happen. As a refresher on how sprint weekends go, Friday is FP1 and normal qualifying, which will determine the pole sitter for the record books and the grid for the sprint race. Saturday is a Park Ferme FP2 and the 100 kilometer sprint race, which will determine the pole sitter for the Grand Prix. And Sunday, of course, is the Grand Prix. Second, the battle for P2 in the World Drivers' Championship is getting very hot. Checo and Leclerc keep swapping back and forth between P2 and P3, with Checo currently in P2 by a thin margin of just five points after outscoring Leclerc by seven points at his home Grand Prix in Mexico. This is definitely the most exciting driver battle to follow at the moment as it's very evenly matched and very back and forth. Third, Mercedes are still in the hunt for P2 in the World Constructors Championship, as well as a race win. Mercedes have at least one race win as a constructor every season since 2012, and Lewis Hamilton has won at least one race every season of his F1 career, which started in 2007. These two facts have the Silver Arrows desperate for a 2022 breakthrough win, that will not make this season a complete and utter wash for them, aside from all the data that they have collected and will undoubtedly use to dominate their competition at some point in the next few years. While a win would be a nice consolation prize for Mercedes, P2 in the World Constructors Championship and all the prize money that comes with that would be an even better one, and it's Still in play, folks. Mercedes trail Ferrari by just 40 points with two races remaining. If one of the Ferrari's DNFs in Brazil, which knowing Ferrari is entirely possible, we could have an incredible battle for P2 and the constructors on our hands in Abu Dhabi. And finally, the Sao Paulo weather forecast looks very chaos inducing as it calls for a full race weekend of rain, which of course should make the previous three reasons I just laid out all that much more exciting and dramatic. Next up, here are my three bona fide race predictions for the 2022 Sao Paulo Grand Prix that I'm about to go three for three on or my name isn't J-Bone. Bonafide prediction number one, Lewis Hamilton will finish on the podium at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Lewis loves Brazil and Brazil loves Lewis. They love him so much that they actually just made him an honorary Brazilian citizen earlier this week, which sounds made up, but is somehow 100% true. Lewis has also had some pretty insane drives in Brazil over the years, going from a pit lane race start to barely missing the podium with a P4 in 2017. And then of course, going from P20 on the sprint starting grid on Saturday to P1 on the race podium on Sunday last season in what was undoubtedly one of the greatest race weekend performances of all time. Given Lewis's form right now, his performances at Interlagos in the past, and the fact that this is now officially a home Grand Prix for him because he's now an honorary Brazilian citizen. I think Lewis finishes on the podium in Brazil to make it three podiums in a row after a streak of five podiumless races. Bonafide prediction number two, Esteban Ocon and Lance Stroll will both record top 10 finishes at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. As of right now, it's supposed to rain all three days of the race weekend in Sao Paulo. And you know what I always say, when the rain starts falling, 
to Ocon and Stroll, I go Colin, because those dudes know how to drive in wet weather conditions. And bona fide prediction number three, Pierre Gasly will finish in the points at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. The penalty points, I predict Pierre Gasly to get two plus penalty points at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix because I believe in a conspiracy theory that I first became aware of thanks to F1 YouTuber Tomo, who you should all go subscribe to. In the past five and a half months, Pierre Gasly has accrued 10 penalty points on his super license for various offenses, five of those coming in the past three races. And once a driver reaches 12 penalty points within a 12-month period, they're punished by receiving a one-race ban. For reference, Gasly got two penalty points for falling more than 10 lengths behind during a safety car period at the USGP, and one penalty point for that overly optimistic move on Stroll in Mexico. So as it stands, Gasly will be just one or two penalties away from receiving a one-race ban from now until late May, which is when he received the first of his current 10 penalty points. That is, unless Pierre Gasly, who's changing teams this offseason, decides he wants to start his Alpine career with a clean slate by intentionally getting two more penalty points in Brazil so that he can serve his one-race ban at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix as an AlphaTauri driver and then start the 2023 season at his new team with zero penalty points. Let's see how this conspiracy theory plays out, folks, because I am in deep on it. Those were J-Bone's bona fide race predictions. Now, I want to hear your bona fide race predictions. Let me see them in the YouTube comment section of this episode. Next up, I'm going to now give my bona fide pre-race weekend predictions for the top five finishers in Sunday's Sao Paulo Grand Prix with zero reasoning nor explanation. P5, Esteban Ocon. P4, Checo Perez. P3, Charles Leclerc. P2, Lewis Hamilton. And P1, Max Verstappen. That's it for today's episode of the Formula Bone F1 show. Be sure to follow me on all social media at Formula Bone, where I post F1 updates all the time. You can also follow me at my real name, Jared Borislow. Until next time, folks, J-Bone!